I uh, I had a very relaxing holiday week. Um, I wish I could say that. Yeah, no, it is. I, I, I mean, I wish I could say I was able to just like not do anything, but I'm not a creature that is capable of such things. Yeah, uh, I don't know, I know how you. that is. Ah, uh, yeah. So you know, tr- <laughs> tried to take it slow. We uh, the shop was shut down, so. Um, I gave my guys the week off, but you know I was there a little bit, poking around, doing some stuff. Did a lot of work from home. Did a, little, a lot of work on the house that has been some uh, deferred nice. maintenance. So that that was that was nice. The, these are the things that I um, treat myself with for Christmas. Uh, so you were paying off a few of the uh, pieces of technical debt on technical your house, right? debt <laughs> on my house. Yes, and for those of you who don't know what uh, we're talking about, look back at our episode on technical debt. Good stuff. Uh, greetings to everybody joining us in the chat. Again, if you're listening back after the fact, we do do this uh, podcast live on YouTube every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific. So uh, feel free to join us sometimes. We do love getting interaction with you guys in the chat. You may hear us read off commentary on the chat. Also, we've got the handy dandy Maker That Money hotline link above. We are a call-in show if you want to call in and chat with us as well. We love getting your opinions, ideas, uh incorrect or otherwise um and uh yeah i think that that does it oh uh where, where's my uh mike my uh favorite call to action um uh hero in the chat never let the machines win oh, yeah. uh, let's get the calls to action in if, if you guys are uh with us uh Smash that like button, uh, subscribe if you want more of this content. We do try to bunch this content under a specific playlist in YouTube because I know my YouTube channel is all over the place with instructional uh, videos and build guides and all sorts (laughs) of other stuff as well. But uh, there is a nice organized playlist of all the Maker That Money podcast episodes. And you can find us as well everywhere that podcasts are found. Apple Music and Stitcher and Spotify and Pandora and... Uh, Man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we use a awesome aggregator called Podbean. Shout out Podbean, not sponsored. Uh, that uh, really does all that work for us. So that's kind of cool, huh? Good tip if anybody's Great. looking to get into podcasting. I think it's a very reasonably priced platform and it's a nice little, like one one-stop shop for just pushing it out to everywhere so that's awesome there you go there's a pro tip on podcasting for you guys for today nice. uh well uh so i so i shared you know our week and stuff but what did, what did you do did you have a good holidays did you have a good christmas did you yeah. uh, do anything yeah. special did santa bring you what you asked for Oh, well, yeah, you know, the the holiday was great. Uh, You know, we we actually ran a few sales. We had some, uh, you know, we we really wanted to finish out the year strong. So, you know, we're just like pulling out all the stops, you know, biggest sale of the year sort of thing, right? (laughs) Save the biggest Um, for the last, huh? for the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the week week was great. Um, You know, spent some time at the in-laws. Um, you know, tried to take it easy a little bit, but I'm just like you. I can't, I can't ever sit still. So, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want it that, you know, people ask like, oh, you know, well, what do you plan to do when you retire? And I'm like, whatever I want, whenever I want. I mean, that's really yeah. what it's about, right? Like, it doesn't mean that I don't necessarily want to, um, have a business or, you know, do things that drive mm-hmm. income, but it's, uh, obviously getting yourself to, to the point where you can just you know, choose to be as involved or not have, have backups and do mm-hmm. things out of desire, not out of necessity. Right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, hopefully admiral, admirable goals to shoot for. So then for wins, uh, you guys, if you haven't heard before, we talk about, uh, we try to be positive. We try to lead off with like, what were the wins for the week? Uh, I'm going to go first because I always put you on. The okay. Spot. I don't always, but uh, I'll just say, um, I, I mentioned that I had some, you know, deferred house maintenance stuff, which um, I don't know if if you guys are like me, you have these things that are just always kind of like pecking at you like water torture around the house. <laughs> like I come home and I see it and um, it's just it's just always there like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do this. And so. Uh, for there was two major things. One was getting the baseboards put on. I've lived here five years and I haven't had baseboards for any of it. So getting the trim work done. So I got it all up. There's still, you know, some putty and some paint and stuff like that, but it looks like mm-hmm. infinitely better. So like I, I, I made some point in time and, and that's an investment you guys in your, it, for me in my mental well being, my mental health. 
uh, sure. because because like it contributes to stress. You come home and you see things that you should be doing, and then you get down on yourself for not doing it. And so, you know, really allocating time to do that as much as we wish we could prioritize things like that. It's trivial. You, you mm-hmm. would say it's unimportant in the big scheme of things, but like over time that adds up. And so I invested mm-hmm. in my me- mental well being in that regard. And then I did just some major rebuilding of the office organization. I took your advice from some of our episodes in the past where we talked about organization. I got a bunch of, I went down to mm-hmm. home Depot. I got a bunch of bins. I found some ones that I liked that seem nice and robust Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're nice in size, so I could fit four on a shelf. And then I start. I got nice. out my label maker, and I like tore the place apart and put stuff in a bin. And it's not perfect, but it is sure. far, far more perfect than it was. And it makes nice. me feel good about being in my office again. Uh, so it's good. You should you should feel good in your own space and not run away. I think we should dig in more on the value of organization, like the untold values. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yes, of organization Absolutely. in the in the future, and I would yeah. love. I've I've said I've tweeted in the past. I would love if there was like a Marie Kondo of like shop organization specifically. I mean, I guess there's nothing Ooh. specific about like industrial grade organization, yeah. but obviously it has major impacts on the efficacy of your production and all that stuff. Like when you and safety. That is actually and, really. Really cool. That would be a fun thing to see. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody could really fill that void, right? But it's it's mm-hmm. almost like you, you you have to like an industrial layout shop designer. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on the space you're talking about. But I think there's some opportunity sure. there. So if you're into yeah. organization and uh, production, you know, maybe uh, that'd be a good little consulting thing, or I don't know, it's a business yeah. idea, like organizational systems engineering, if you will. Sure. Where you, you, you know, yeah, you're you're, you're organizing and, and engineering for a system as a whole instead of, you know, just I mean, putting stuff in boxes. I, th- that probably <laughs> exists, right? Like, tell us in the chat if you guys, uh, if you've heard of that before, if that's a thing. I mean, it seems like there would just be a massive opportunity for stuff like that for, for anywhere from, like, small to medium business. I mean, even at large industrial, you know, setups, obviously, mm-hmm. like, where to put, you know, setting up workflow and all that stuff. I mean, obviously, industrial engineering is a is a real mm-hmm. thing, but I'm thinking maybe like somewhere more at the startup phase or smaller business. Sure. I don't, I don't know. I think no shortage mm. of opportunity. I, somebody yeah. Google that and see like uh, shop, shop <laughs> organization and uh, report back. Uh, yeah. Let's give, uh, let's give some love to some people in the chat. Uh, Courtney filament stories. Good to see you this morning. Guys, tell us your wins while you're at it, while you're in here. What's something that you did? Maybe you did nothing and you took a holiday break and that's a win for you. That would be good. But tell us, uh, Vassian C. Good to see you. Aaron F. Uh, man, rowdy crowd in the chat as always. <laughs> Uh, today on the podcast, we are going to talk about the value of ideas. ideas. Oh boy! Um, I got into it as I sometimes do on Twitter uh, earlier in the week uh, about. Uh, well, it, it, to be fair, I was kind of you know poking the bear a bit. Uh, one because it's you know Twitter and you're limited in in your how much context you can give. But two, I you know I said like. This is a pet peeve of mine. I've had I've had people say like, "Oh, I've got this million dollar idea. I've got a billion dollar idea. Whatever." Like, what do you think mm-hmm. this idea is worth? And I've always oh. been an advocate of ideas by themselves, by themselves, are worth mm-hmm. nothing. The same way mm-hmm. that a seed is not really uh, the 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 flower, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like you need it. Uh huh. To, to get the end product, but it's, sure. it's all the work that you have to do to nurture and grow it and stuff that, that really has, that's, that's mm-hmm. where the value investment is. And of course the, you know, you get people shooting back saying like, no, no, you can, you can have great ideas and you can just sell ideas and not have to execute on them. And, and you can make money doing that. Okay. Uh, I don't know, but we're gonna get into that. Yeah. Today. I don't want to. I don't okay. want to get you know d- dive in. I'm sure you guys have your thoughts and your feels and stuff. And we're gonna talk about obviously patents. Patent trolling is a thing. Like there are. Ooh, that's a fun one. Yeah, yeah. There's there's little <laughs> subsets of this this theme. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That we can get into. Um, but uh, the guy that I really got into it with on 
Twitter was just, I'm so tired of hearing this trope that ideas have no value. Ideas have lots of values. Good ideas are very rare and they have immense value. Mm-hmm. Um, and we traded a couple tweets back and forth. And I kept, I think, I think the thing that was lost was the, the, the qualifier of ideas alone, right? Like okay. in a vacuum, an idea. Like I have an idea, you buy it from me. Is it a commodity? Can an idea be a commodity? Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. I say no. What do you guys say in the chat? Okay. Let's let's take our vote now. You know, let us know what you guys think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Andrew? Like, let's start there. I think certain ideas could potentially be a commodity, mm. but it would be incredibly minute and very specific. Um, I could provide, I think, some more. Yeah, I, so I could provide some more context. Um, so I, I'm, I subscribe to that ideology. I think that you do. Like ideas are inherently worthless unless there's some, you know, value uh, placed on the execution or like all of the effort being put into turning that idea from just a brainchild into something, you know, of of physical form, if you will. Sure. Um, however, I would I go back and say, you know, my first startup. It was purely idea phase at the time when I started raising money. And the reason why it was purely idea phase is because it was physics. Uh, you know, I had designed a specific type of heat exchanger that used a specific phenomenon of, you know, uh, basically a thermodynamic equilibrium creating, you know, these very interesting turbulent vortices uh, in a fluid path. And it was, mm. it was all physics. And I basically built out the math and proved the equation. Okay. Uh, you know, on paper. Okay. And see that to me, you can call that as an idea. Right. And that was what I presented and pitched and ended up going out and raising a ton of money for it to build out a team. And, you know, we had a valuation at first of like $10 million, did, you know, which did just you, the idea. Did you patent this idea or were you pre-patent? Uh, what, I was like, give us a sense at of the, the time. Whole, okay. Yeah. Right. So, so what was, was it? Was it a white paper? Like, did you have like a prototype? Mm-hmm. Did you like, what yeah. did you actually have? So, so it was a white paper. It was a white paper. So one then could argue saying, well, the effort was the idea was the concept, right? Of, oh, hey, could we create a, you know, could we create a better heat exchanger by using this fluid flow? One could say that's the idea. And mm. then the execution of the idea is proving out on paper whether it works. And again, that's that's kind of, you know, an interesting like chicken or egg sort of thing. Like, sure. how do you define is it an idea or is it, you know, more than an idea? So, right? okay. Now I want to push back because this is, this is mm-hmm. where I think that a lot of um, the semantics maybe of it can come in, but, but sure. I would argue what you are mm-hmm. describing is common. Certainly there are people that have mm-hmm. ideas and they either patent or they don't patent, but they go pitch cap, you know, venture capital and stuff like that. And they seek investment and then they look at that, uh, so in your case, uh, you you had a valuation. You actually did mm-hmm. some fundraising, right? So you were able to mm-hmm. get money based on this idea without any of that, or were there qualifiers before you were able to get a dollar? So I want to understand when the money changed hands in terms of assigning the value. Sure. sure. So at first there was a you know my first raise was for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, it was purely just hypothetical research. And I got that on a convertible note. And this is, you know, we can dive into uh, on another episode of like mechanisms for raising money. But the idea was it was a promissory note that I would either pay back the $150,000 or it would convert to equity at some other point in time. And, you know, they would get shares in the company. Okay. So the concept was that I had this idea and it was a, it was at the time I had made out a white paper and drafted it up and saying, this is the physics of the idea. This is how it works. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can turn this into a real product. Okay. And so that's what I then took out and pitched. And there were later iterations where I would t- take it and develop it a bit further. And then I would raise more money. Okay. Um, but, you know, it was a progression. It wasn't all at, all at once. All right. So two things. One, you did execute mm-hmm. somewhat. Like you had to create, mm-hmm. like there was work involved. You didn't just go and take a, a raw idea and say, Hey, Bill, I've got this idea. Give me money so I can go sure. do it, right? So there was some yeah. work. Now, granted, sure. like Absolutely. you didn't build the business. You didn't do a prototype and all that stuff. So I understand like the degree of execution, but like 
you mm-hmm. always have to have some kind of execution. The other thing I would say is the value that was placed mm-hmm. on that idea is is conceptually like idea futures, right? Yep. It's somebody yep. investing in the odds that you will make it valuable, right? A- absolutely. So, so the idea by itself doesn't have the value. It's the promise of the execution on the mm-hmm. future idea that has the value. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Exactly. So then that's where I keep pushing back. I'm like, the idea mm-hmm. itself can't be, I mean, I, there has to be in the history of time, I, I guess there may have been somebody that was just like, I'm going to tell you an idea and you're going to give me money for it, but I I doubt it. Yeah. Like there has to be something on the execution. Sure. And, and I will say like in the early conversations that we were having when, when we originally raised the money, um, it was about the, now it was protecting the idea. So with, with ideas, they're kind of defined as intellectual property. So they're kind of intangible things that we can't like physically touch or hold or like, you know, assign a specific value to easily. And, and so we call that just in general, intellectual property. And as a part of raising this money, these people were investing in that idea and quotes here of the intellectual property sure uh and so they were betting and and so this is again where i I think there's semantics and there's pushbacks on both sides because i agree with your argument booch about saying well you know i'm putting execution into forming the idea further there are pieces where you could take it to a patent stage where it's an intellectual property where yes you put the work into getting the patent they're not easy i've got several patents it's a pain to go through that process yeah but once you do it, then you have essentially the blueprint for the idea yep. and, you know, ways of which how it works or uh, the process of manufacturing or the process of, you know, it, it basically everything, defining it out uh, specifically down to where anyone else can recreate said idea mm-hmm. and provide the execution. So it's a blueprint, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you could say, well, OK, that's an idea still because you haven't actually put in all of the execution. You put in a bare minimum amount. Yeah. Uh, you know, to get to a point. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's an interesting toss up, right? It's, I think it's a balance where there's, there's two sides to this. Certainly. This coin, it's, if you it's, will. it's nuanced and, and a mm-hmm. lot of it may depend on, you know, your definitions of stuff and semantics and whatnot. Sure. But, but uh, you know, that's, I find these kind mm-hmm. of conversations uh, interesting. So in the, in the scope of patents, um, mm-hmm. Patents absolutely have value. And I think part of the reason mm-hmm. that people like take an idea and they want to patent it is because that that reservation of the idea, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yep. that, 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 that you have the rights to make this idea into something of value before anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. That, that certainly has value. Um, yeah. I, I would never argue that you can just be uh profitable for i mean you can't have one without the other you you need some sure. idea to execute on you need some kind of plan to execute on you can't just be like sure yeah willy-nilly working with no goal right yeah um but the argument i always make is like you can have far more success taking a moderately decent to even a poor idea and executing well on it than you can mm-hmm have an idea and do nothing with, right? So if you're mm-hmm. looking at the overall scope of value and where sure. the value lies and like looking at people that have built business, like <laughs> part of why the the world feels so unfair to me is that too many terrible people can have too much success with, <laughs> with yep. bad ideas, with bad, I mean like yep. people that have made mm-hmm. millions, billions off of disinformation and, um, you know, scamming and all sorts of other stuff. Right. Uh, so to me, that's an argument toward like, it's, it's actually executing and having some vision and marching towards something that really, uh, is going to get you the furthest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I agree with that. Like, you know, again, even still having taken that route of, uh, of formulating an idea, building out a white paper, kind of building out the proof and then eventually leading to a prototype, uh, you know, it was about the execution. And, you know, as I unlocked higher levels of funding and higher levels of, uh, and again, finger quotes here, success, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was about the execution. It, it eventually switched from instead of the idea to really about how we were executing on said idea. How are we going to turn it into a product? How are we going to make money? How are we going to turn it into an actual business? Because an idea itself, it can't, it cannot be a profitable business because it does nothing. It requires that execution piece in order to become a business, right? right? That's that's kind of fundamental. Right. Yes, you could potentially, and this is where it gets into patent trolls, where you have an army of people coming up with ideas and saying, oh, hey, this is really interesting. We want to reserve the right to pursue this. Yeah. We're going to you know, create a walled garden. And yep. then you take those and sell those blueprints. But then I would still argue that's a method of work. You're putting in value. You're doing into... some work. Okay, yeah. so pa- pause for a second. Uh, and again, this mm-hmm. might feel very elementary to a lot of you guys, but go. you mentioned patent trolling. So for those of you not familiar mm-hmm. with the term, will you define what patent trolling is? Sure. So, so this is a concept where you would have someone or a team of people that sit down and, and think through ideas. It's, it's kind of like a brainstorming trust, if you will, mm. uh, a thought trust, where you trust. would come up with these ideas. You would look at kind of markets, where things are going. This has happened in quantum computing a lot, and that's kind of one of those newer hot topic things. Also in AI and software mm-hmm. a lot, because mm-hmm. again, we, we start sitting here thinking, oh, what's the potential? What could this lead to? Mm-hmm. And uh, you get some smart people in a room. They can come up with some really cool ideas and some thoughtful pieces to execute on those. Maybe it's an algorithm. Maybe it's a way for cooling a sure. you know a, a, a wafer down subatomic you know like way down you know absolute zero. Whatever it might be. Yeah. And you would then create a patent and say, hey, I now own this idea again right. in finger quotes. Right. And you would have to like with the patents. U.S. patent law, you don't have to prove that your idea is actually capable of ever functioning. Yeah. But you have to at least provide that it is it is unique and a non-obvious solution. That's the biggest test to a patent. Is Novel. Can someone else, yes, can someone else who's an expert in this field arrive to, uh, you know, arrive to this on their own through an obvious mean or is it more so a a really like, hey, you have to put something novel. You have to really like, this is the piece. This is the main component. And that's ultimately what you're going to patent and claim. Right. And so essentially you would have this, this trust of people that would make these patents of these novel, unique, and non-obvious solutions and say, hey, these are ours. And then they would try and prevent other people from being able to go and develop those. A lot of times what we saw like with Apple, there were several landmark mm-hmm. cases mm-hmm. where, you know, companies designed an algorithm or a way of which, uh, you know, computers would compute, you know, bits or, you know, specific pieces of software. Right. And, you know, then Apple would use that, but they came up to their own solution, but it was still kind of infringing on this patent. Mm-hmm. And then they would sue and then collect a big payday, yep. you know, at the end of it. Yep. And that's how they they make money. They're just trolling. Essentially, they're coming up with these ideas. They wait for someone to cross the bridge. They come out and then they like, you give me all your fine. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's basically what I what I'm hearing is like the equivalent of somebody just calling dibs on mm-hmm. on an idea without any intent to really ever do it. They're just waiting, right? They're just, they're literally waiting under the bridge for somebody to come by some entre and it, and it's so frustrating as an entrepreneurial type where you're actually trying to do something. And, and so a lot of the part of like starting up a business is like doing your, your discovery, your research, your competitive analysis, your, your patent uh, research. Like that's why Mm -hmm. patent lawyers exist, like hiring people to like actually research so that you don't, unwittingly wander upon one of these bridges that's going to potentially stop you in your tracks. But it feels really unfair, right? Because somebody's just literally sitting on the idea. It's, it's also the equivalent of like, uh, so I was a web developer for years and years and years, people that squat on domain names, right? They're like, I'm going to snatch up (laughs) this domain name and I'm not going to build a website on it, but I know at some point somebody's going to want, uh, crazyunicycles.com and uh so i'm gonna sit on it right and and yep. lo and behold somebody invents like this awesome crazy unicycle and they want to sell it and uh oh yeah sure you want it uh it's gonna be a hundred thousand dollars or 200 or yep. whatever it might end up being um yeah and it doesn't feel fair um mm-hmm. is it fair is that an idea is that really like coming up on, with an idea no you just 
called dibs mm-hmm. on it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, push back on me, guys. If you think that that's right or wrong, I mean, uh, obviously there are people that make their money, and it doesn't have to be a trust of people either. Uh, mm-hmm. There are yeah, individuals individual. that make a living mm-hmm. of this. Um, yep. It exists in the legal world too. I've I've found out there are um, mm-hmm. there are lawyers that will um, do research on like upcoming legislation and new laws and stuff like that, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to things like um, um, uh, like civil rights cases or 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 yep. districting mm-hmm. or you know right, rights and stuff. And if they find uh, that a city is not in compliance with a new law or whatever, then they can actually bring suit, find a class yep. action to put together, bring suit, and basically create a like a legal um, yeah. nightmare. And, and then, mm-hmm. you know, as the, the lawyer that headed up the thing, they just like make money on the fact that they have to force compliance from stuff. So it's, these there's examples mm-hmm. of these types of things in our world all over the place, which just feels really crummy, man. Like, I hate that. That's a bit of a digression, mm-hmm. but I mean, it feels somewhat related, I guess, to me. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree in that, you know, it is it, it's kind of related. It's a little bit different um, in that, again, we could potentially trying to assign a value of like, you know, domain names or something like that, where yeah. there is, you know, kind of an inherent value. And maybe in some cases, but yeah, it's it's still arbitrary. But, but it's future I, I, value. You're it's it's futures, it is future value, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the the domain yeah. name by itself has no value. Mm-hmm. It's when sure. you have a big company and you know that you're gonna have a bunch of eyes on it. But until somebody makes yeah. the thing that gives the domain the value, oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I completely agree there. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Uh, I guess it does defining the value of ideas as idea futures mm-hmm. is that a good analogy i think so because you know it's let's look at it like this in, in physics we have potential energy and kinetic energy. Oh, yeah. kinetic yeah. energy okay. right is is like is the energy metaphor. in motion uh-huh. it's it's sure. we're getting work out of it right we can extract that that is that's the value execution that we that's can get. We're, we're moving we're doing stuff we've yes. got energy yeah okay good we're applying mm-hmm. energy but, or we're taking energy yeah All right. but potential energy right it has value in some yeah. cases and you know in physics it's it's easier because it's not a perfect analogy here we can define the amount of value in the energy the potential energy it has like say we have a mass and we move it up you know on yep. top of a hill yep. we know how big that mass is and we know how high it is on the hill and yep. therefore we know how much potential energy it has right. with ideas we could say well hey this idea could be a monster meaning it could be way up there sure you know yeah and you know it, it's it's trying to figure out how could we extract the execution of that conversion of potential energy to kinetic energy we don't know how big the mass is yep. and we don't know how high it is yep. but if we can start putting some planning around and we start executing on it we can start defining that and that's where we start putting work in saying okay well hey we believe that this idea is you know capable of impacting 10 million people or yeah. 100 million people yeah and it has the potential of generating a hundred million dollars in revenue well, okay, now we're starting to execute because we're putting a little bit more thought into it, right? Right. We're starting to find the situation. And then we're starting to say, okay, well, what's the best plan of action to execute to extract this value? Because we don't know if the hill has a you know some valleys or peaks along the way sure. or we have to take turns. All of that's gonna extract or keep us from actually getting that kinetic energy out as we release it down the hill. You know, that's a so, that's a really cool metaphor. I I like that a lot. Uh and you can see there's some there's some interesting extension of that too right so patent trolls mm-hmm. are people that make a living out of just basically ip farming mm-hmm. you know yeah. they're 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 putting a bunch of rocks at the top of a bunch of hills right and hopefully yep. one of them it's a shotgun approach right they're yep. they're hoping somebody is going to come along at some point and they're going to be and able knock to sell that rock it. down yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but but without those people to, to, and that mm-hmm. and that i think gets back to why it feels so crummy because it involves mm-hmm. using other people to give it the value right sure like yeah. I write down my million dollar idea. I literally have a list, uh, a doc of million and billion dollar ideas or whatever. I don't know, but dollar value ideas and stuff like that. And I get so frustrated because it's like, oh, that's a really good idea. That would be great. You know, I want to do that. And then I'm constantly tormented because I'm like, well, maybe I should spend my time developing that. Or maybe I should spend my time developing that. Um, that would be really fun. Sure. You know? And a lot of them have nothing to do with what I'm doing 
now, but it's like something I'm yeah. passionate about, or I just, I really want it to exist. Right. Cause it, it solves a problem that I have that I know other people have as well. And mm-hmm. you know, you hear that famous quote, was it, was it Eli Whitney? Who was it that said like everything that that's significant that can be invented has been invented. And it was like the turn. turn oh of the yeah. I know what you're saying. I don't know who, who made it, but I know that yeah. quote. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the biggest crock of crap ever. Like there are yeah. so many opportunities on a daily basis. Yeah. If you just like look for them. Um, yeah. The real brilliance though, is when you can find people cause it's, it's a skill, you know, being able to pluck out good ideas and then mm-hmm. marrying those up with with people that can execute on them. So I think you see a lot of partnerships and a lot of businesses develop uh, in that way because a lot of the idea guys aren't necessarily the same mm-hmm. execution people. Well, yeah, you and you actually bring up a really interesting point. Um, and there's a fantastic book called The Founder's Dilemmas mm-hmm. um, that kind of dive into this this whole aspect of what is an idea worth and how – you know, how do you, you know, like kind of assign a value to this and as as a whole build as an entrepreneur, a company around, um, you know, the author, he talks about, you know, several different ways of which, you know, founders commonly associate value. You have those that uh, that kind of associate the value with the idea. Right. And they, they reward equity based off of the merit of the idea, how much potential the idea has. Yep. But there's other founders that say, hey, I'm going to warrant based off execution. I have this idea and I'm executing. Let's give some value to those that want to help me execute, like walk the walk right. uh, instead of just talking the talk. Because, again, we can all sit around in a room, share drinks, have a good old time and talk about billion dollar ideas. But yep. until one of us gets up and starts walking down that path saying, hey, could we put some more effort into this? Those ideas are just kind of floating out there in the ether, right? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that is a great book. And I'm throwing the link. Uh, no Wasserman. Awesome. I'm throwing the link in the yep. description for anybody that wants. There's an Amazon link uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, I, I got the audio book because um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of actually. Here's another pro tip for life hacks if, if you're like me. Um I do the WhisperSync Kindle with audiobook so that I can uh, oh, nice. do a little bit of time where I'm reading, but it syncs up and I can listen to it. So 90% of the stuff I read is actually read to me. And then I'll, I'll like, there's times where I just like, I really want to sit down with the Kindle and, and read um, as well. Cause it helps hmm. me wind down at the end of the day and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. uh, for those of you want to try something different. Um, but that was a great, you recommended that to me, um, mm-hmm. early on. And we've talked about Michael Collins and uh, good to great yep. and built to last and, yep. uh, some other good ones and stuff. Uh, but they're, they're entrepreneurial classics. Um, yep. you know, canon, yeah. if you will, uh, yeah. good reco there. Um, but back to the, the idea at hand now taking the idea mm-hmm. let's 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 go a little bit because we talk about patent trolling we talk about like, ah, it doesn't sure. feel fair and why mm-hmm. there feels like there's conflict but and we've talked about what like inherently seems to give value um mm-hmm. to the stuff maybe it's the the future potential of the idea the potential sure. energy mm-hmm. like you've said i guess mm-hmm. that's really good um what's the point of talking about this in your mind though why why do you think uh, i'm pushing this <laughs> why are we here <laughs> class why are we here <laughs> well you know i mean it, it, it it's certainly an interesting topic um you know i, I i'm you know it, there's there's definitely people i think on both uh, on both sides of the fence where you know again they they assign that value to the idea i created this by thinking it up without me this you, you wouldn't be able to do what you you know are capable of doing because i'm the one who had the idea mm-hmm. and I don't know if I personally subscribe to that because again, like, you know, an idea is it's, it really is intangible. Yes. You could be critical in the development. And this is what I was saying before. It's like, you know, I was, you know, unique and I'm not trying to like praise myself here, but I was unique in that I was capable of figuring out this equation that, you know, made this specific type of fluid flow and this phenomenon. And I, I discovered this, but I discovered this because, you know, it was a culmination of all of my other life experience up to that point, my education, my schooling, my research, everything else. So maybe I had the idea, but also at the same time, I had the idea because other people had ideas that were similar Mm -hmm. and I just found the right way potentially. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, again, 
I don't know. Like it's, it's a tough one to, it's a tough one to answer. Right. Mm -hmm. So why, why are you bringing this up? (laughs) Well, I bring it up because I feel like I've, I've gotten some interesting questions and feedback over the years in terms of Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I, 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 I like the idea of having a business, but I just, I can't find the the idea. Right. Like I think Mm -hmm. a lot more people struggle with the idea and the inspiration uh, than I would have guessed because it's not, that's never been a problem for me. Um, and that's not a brag. Like I said, it feels more like a curse a lot of the time. Um, and I, and I would argue a lot of times when you get into entrepreneurial space, I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh, you've, you've got to, you've got to be an idea guy and an execution guy. Uh, Mm. I don't know if that's true. Like, I think that there are plenty of opportunities to partner with other people that like make up for the, you know, your, your weaknesses. Like there, I think there are a lot of people that are great with ideas that are terrible with execution. And I think there's, and vice versa. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I bring it up because I want to talk about like the, the, this is really like the big bang of, of, of where businesses start to come together. Right. Like, like you oh, need yeah. that spark, mm-hmm. right? The idea is the spark. Mm-hmm. And if it's a good enough idea, it's it's got enough power to motivate other people either to invest yep. in you or to buy your product or to oh, you're absolutely with right. you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this is this is kind of like critical fuel uh to the whole whole equation. But I think a lot of people struggle with like, ah, I just I don't know. I don't know. So tell me in the chat, guys, if you're here, like how many of you have had the desire to say start a business or you think it'd be cool to like do your own thing, but you just really haven't, you don't feel like you have the idea. And how many of you feel like uh, you've got tons of ideas, but you're just, you don't have the patience or the, um, the, the runway to execute on it or whatever. Just let us, let's know where you're at. I'm curious to know, just informal survey. Um, and you know, I, I I don't know. I think it's different for different people. Um, and the path, is never the same. There are people that are like, I am Mm -hmm. never going to have a partner. I am a solo person. Like I can have good enough ideas that I can take far enough. I know Mm -hmm. in my, my history, like I've had like, um, I've had partners like in, in like early phases, like helping me on like the rep box that we did, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Travis from a pyro design was like integral on that. Like we sat down and both kind of said, Hey, we have the same problem. And, were it not for that moment, um, mm-hmm. I don't think I would have felt like validated. I don't think either of us would have felt validated enough to try to pursue it. It would have just been another one of those like, huh? Interesting. It would have been interesting. It would have been neat. Um, you know, s- since then he's kind of gone on to do his own thing and stuff, and we're we're still good friends. But uh, um, it, it and I'm not saying that like, you have to partner with somebody, but a lot of times like finding your people and getting some validation mm-hmm. for your idea and stuff like that is what sometimes it takes to get the, the flywheel turning or the ball rolling down the hill or whatever you, you know, metaphor you want to mm-hmm. want to go with. Uh, what about you? Hmm. You, you have a partner, like what did, did it require validation for you or sure. did, would you have okay, gone, yeah. would you've gone forward with gloop without the other Andrew? Uh, if mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I remember the, the specific day in conversation that I had with Andrew about Gloop. Um, it was a, you know, it was an interesting thing because we were both kind of looking for just different opportunities. Um, you know, I had, I had just kind of stepped away from the previous startup that I was running. Well, it's, it was a, about a year or so later, um, you know, give or take. And I was looking for something to do. And I remember, yeah, it was, it was interesting because we both, kind of had that spark. It was sharing of the idea with Andrew right. that that really, you know, caused that. Because, you know, I wouldn't even have started working on the formula for Gloop had it not originally been for Andrew coming to me asking for a solution to a specific problem he was having. Right. And it was that moment that it started the conversation and saying, well, maybe other people would be interested in this. Maybe, you know, it would, you know, it would behoove us to look into this. And, yeah. you know, he started looking into it and saying, Hey, yeah, no, this is interesting. And I, I, yeah, it was, it was, we reached, a, I guess, a critical mass between the sharing of the idea that mm-hmm. then culminated that spark that then ignited the fire saying, okay, this is something we should go do. That's a really interesting piece that you bring up. Um, you know, I, I couldn't say if I would actually have gone and created Gloop on my own or not. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you know, hard to say. I mean, 
you know, it wasn't, if it wasn't for Andrew having that specific problem, I probably wouldn't even have thought about it in the first place. It's, it's funny because I feel like that's a common thread in some of the conversations I've had with a lot of different people. And it's not necessarily even somebody that you've decided to partner with, but like our need to get Mm -hmm. validation for the idea, whether it's from like a a mentor or somebody you trust, like, Mm -hmm. you know, bouncing that idea off because it's so easy to get in your own head. Like, Oh, I think this is a good idea. But until you start like actually like trying to, flush it out and say mm-hmm. the words out loud and you know understand that uh, brian vines in the chat brings up a really interesting point He's, oh yeah i've got these ideas from time to time but then i talk myself out of it and i've i've, yeah. I've been guilty of that but i think i think you got to be careful with that too because it's very easy for you to talk yourself out of your own thing without really having i mean mm-hmm. the world is a very big place and if mm-hmm. you feel like you've had this problem, there are 8 billion people on this planet. I guarantee you oh, yes. that even a small, tiny percentage of them having the same pro- problem is massive potential opportunity, right? But uh-huh. we as business people are, are looking for you know best bang for our buck. If I'm going to invest energy in pushing this thing down the hill or, or getting it going mm-hmm. down the hill, uh, I, I want to start with the thing that has the biggest potential, right? Oh, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or th- I mean, theoretically, it's like you want the, um, let's see, the biggest rock at the steepest peak, right? Yep. So it takes minimal Which effort just to takes get it a rolling and then it goes. And, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because we're inherently, I don't want to say we're inherently lazy, but of course it's like you want you want to maximize your your efforts and stuff like that. Um, but uh-huh. to go back to the point, like getting validation is critical and it is very validating when you pitch something to somebody and they're like, that's a great idea and I want to give you money for that. Or that's a great idea and I want to do it with you. I mean, those are those uh-huh. are big validators, big validators mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, but oh, absolutely. What's the flip side of that? Well, if I share my idea with people, they might steal it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that for a yeah. second. Talk about the fear of protecting the idea <laughs> that's why that's a really interesting one stuff. because uh, you know i remember specifically um you know back back when i was starting you know my first startup uh you know i was 18 19 years old i, I was you know basically a kid still yeah right and you know i had come up with this idea and i was so worried that people were going to steal it and you know we had several talks of like oh hey what if the big guys get wind of this and you know they're just going to steal it and then they'll squash us you know and and a lot of times that was paralyzing because we were like well you know we can't do this we can't move this until we get the patent on it and we have to spend all this money on getting the patent to make sure we're protected before we even go out and start raising money or telling people yeah. or talking with the venture capitalists and You've killed MVP at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paralysis yeah. by analysis. Uh, goes yeah. against, we've talked about minimum viable product before because we want to do all the things. And yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't until much later on where, you know, we started just saying, you know what? This doesn't matter. Like, let's just do it. We are going to be, do you it. know. Yeah, we are going to be, we are going to be valued by the execution of the idea, not by the idea itself. And we had to start showing how the idea performed in comparison to what was the status quo. And it, it, it was at that moment that things actually started to move. The rock was greased enough where it started to roll or we had enough leverage or whatever it was. And, And yeah, so I will say like, you know, you can be, careful about sharing your idea with anyone you know especially if it's kind of a not you know a nominal idea where it it requires like you know not a whole lot of custom work it's you know like oh take this widget and this widget and stick it together sure you can be a little bit protective want to make for sure like hey you're going to share this with people that are going to give you valuable feedback and aren't going to be like hey well if i do it first and i have the ability to execute on it i'm going to go take it right but i will say sometimes it's just better just just to share the dang idea, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, because again, the the idea by itself doesn't have any value and it doesn't mm-hmm. show anybody. It's, it's, it's so much easier to show people things, demonstrate mm-hmm. value than it is to explain yep. value, right? Yeah. And if you, I, I mean- uh, you've had experience talking to venture venture capitalists and stuff. And a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff I've read about VCs and, and the ones I've talked to, you know, the number one mm-hmm. failing of people pitching, you know, ideas mm-hmm. is that they just, all they have is like an idea. And if you yeah. want people to give you money, like you, you need to give them confidence that you 
you can actually execute yes. on the idea, right? You yeah. don't just get to walk into, you know, Sierra Capital yep. or whoever and just be like, here's an idea, give me money for it so I can execute. And they're like, no, 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 who's, who's going to, who's, a, who's yep. on the team? And, and it's very like protected, right? Like that's their precious mm-hmm. resource. And like you said, like maybe it starts as a small convertible note. And that's why like angel investing and things like, you know, you, you, you start to mm-hmm. see those big rounds of investment when you're, you know, uh, your your A round, your B round, yes. like when you're actually moving, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Well, you know, it, it makes me think of that that meme, right? It, it's the the idea, the question mark, and then the profit. You know, so many people, you know, they just they get stuck on this. Okay, well, you know, yeah. it's like I've got this idea and I'm gonna profit from it. Step but three, it's the question step two, mark. profit. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, the the thing the thing that's, you know, not answered. That's the solution. Yeah, to you're get glossing you to the over a really big piece right here, this question mark. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so it's to bring this back, I guess full circle a little bit. You know, you know, I do believe that ideas they have some form of value, but it, I guess it's the interaction of that idea with the other people that are going to help you execute on it, and the sharing of idea that really start to assign that value and then allow you to start moving that boulder. Right? You right. know, this idea might be huge. Right. You might have come up with a monster, but you're going to need people to help you push. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and, and and that exploration process may take you a completely different direction and show you things that you haven't thought of. Mm-hmm. Like you just like you don't know what you don't know until, you know, you start to go down the road. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Mike in the chat brings up an interesting point. You know, the the balance of sharing product design ideas with others to get validation. Uh, others in the community are taking your idea and it's uh, OK. So the concept of sharing versus gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, there's a big difference between like getting together with a couple people you trust and then just throwing something out on the internet and seeing what everybody says because uh-huh. internet's gonna internet as it were, and yep. you're gonna have people telling you're an idiot and you mm-hmm. know all sorts of other stuff. So you have to be kind of mindful, I think, about how you go about vetting these things. But sure, I think going through the process has an immense amount of value, right? And and mm-hmm. more more value than uh the the potential of fear instilled by the thought that somebody might steal your idea or it might be lost. Like that's mm-hmm. cuz that's that's always going to be a risk. Uh granted, you don't want to mm-hmm. give people the blueprints to just mm-hmm. to take it. Yeah, but yeah. um let's 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 tie it into open source here for a second because like that's mm-hmm. I think there's Ooh. a ton of people you know, mm-hmm. especially in the 3D printing space and the software world and stuff like that. Big advocates of open source, right? Because it's like, look, together mm-hmm. we can make something even greater and all that stuff. And we want to believe there's more of an altruistic thing. Like, uh, we're not, we're, we're a group of people that have passion around the same thing and we just want to see the technology succeed and grow. And that has more mm-hmm. value to us than the commercial value. Which I think mm-hmm. is somewhat of a fallacy because there are plenty of companies that make money on open source product and stuff, but it's a completely yep. different mindset. It's a completely different value proposition sure. as well. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, you know, open source, it, it it's an idea, but it's also coupled with that execution because you had someone who was executing on that idea and then it inspired someone else to help execute right. on that idea or allowed someone else to leverage that execution to get something else off the ground. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of that altruism piece of the open source is you're sharing the idea and you're sharing your execution. And you're saying, hey, this is the tool. This is the widget that I've made. And then it helps someone else potentially get their widget off the ground. Sure. Um, you know, we're collectively moving the needle for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like crowdsourcing execution, I mm-hmm. guess, to some extent. Yeah. Or- yeah. You know, um, and again, like a lot of times, like p- these, these types of projects start like because they're fun and, uh, because people just mm-hmm. are passionate, like they're passion projects. And a mm-hmm. lot of people don't have any interest in the mechanics of actually like making it a business, right? Like they don't want to, I don't want to deal with documentation and customer support and all that stuff. So like a lot of, a lot of open source stuff is lacking in that regard because those are the not sure. fun parts. And if you, you know, want to benefit from it, you have to help figure it out right um sure but uh 
Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's no right or wrong way, and there's um, yeah, and there's still a lot I, of I mean, value and and things that you know you can build on top of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, like, like let's look at some of those open source, you know, kind of projects like, you know, Prusas, they're all open source, right? Uh, you know, and Prusas built an amazing business on something that's completely open. Like if you want to go build your own, you absolutely can. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's a really interesting, you know, idea and concept where you're taking something and you're executing on this idea. And the the value of Prusa is all about that execution, not so much the printer itself or the ideas of the open source. Sure, it's 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 the whole ecosystem of that execution that they've been building for you know a decade or more, right? Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess it all comes back again to that execution. You know, it's it's more than just the initial idea. Well, and and this maybe this is preempting a future conversation again but this goes back to my comment that the the value of having an audience and a community mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is far greater than the idea oh, and the sure. product itself i mean or well mm -hmm. you know it's best suited when it, you know they it's yeah. all combined right but mm -hmm. but those that believe in running an open source business model and stuff like that are are leveraging being a good uh, participant in mm -hmm. a community and giving back and and being built and and having that audience mm -hmm. that they can in turn sell to and and yeah. and they're adding something to it that just makes life easier than mm -hmm. everybody making their own right so in the yep. concept of like a prusa 3d printer um mm -hmm. yes it is open source but there's a lot of parts on it that are just not practical for most people to yep. build nor do they have the time or the desire or the energy or have the ability to buy in bulk to make it affordable. Sure. So there's like a lot of yeah. great ways that you can actually take ideas like mm -hmm. this and like turn it into stuff. But um, where people miss the mark a lot of times on this is where they, they go and try to snatch it up and then close it off. Right. Yep. And, and the community exactly. very, very quickly yep. can see what's happening and then they just yeah. and you lose that legitimacy and that mm -hmm. audience that yeah. that gave you your reputation that gave you your crowd to sell to. Um, Absolutely. I don't know. Does that uh, does that make sense to you guys? Like, is, and again, this is not the model for everyone. Like, people that are super mm -hmm. into patenting and and protecting IP are generally mm -hmm. not in the they're not fans of open source right because they're like come on mm -hmm. like who's really making they're kind of at odds like, right yeah well they're kind of at odds and and statistically it's a fair point that it's like look mm -hmm. at private companies that have how much money they've made and and over the, mm -hmm. the years and and how big they can get as compared to those that are open sure. source based right you're, you're sure. just it's a completely different mindset and mechanism and maybe growth potential. I don't know. And mm -hmm. maybe that's why we're seeing, I, I know I've had some conversations with people that are like, I don't know if we're going to keep doing open source because you know, the community, if the community doesn't really defend that and support that, mm -hmm. yeah. then you well, lose your competitive advantage a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. You know? Because then, you know, you're, you're, you're giving up, you know, this, this unique potential of, you know, the idea piece and you're giving the blueprint, your execution, and you're allowing someone else to steal that execution and then, you know, create their own and then wall it off. And if right. there isn't a, you know, pushback of that, then all you're doing is, is you're giving your competitors the competitive advantage against yourself. Right. And, you know, how, how do you how do you succeed? Right. right. It, it's a you know, it's a zero sum game in that point. Yeah. So we've talked about um, uh We've talked about patenting. We've talked about open source. There is a third option uh, that's in the mm -hmm. middle, and Grant points that out, uh, the concept of trade secret. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe uh, Gloop is a trade secret, right? It's not yeah. patented. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Coke is a long, is the most popular you know, trade secret that's out there. The, the pr You protect the recipe, right? You can mm -hmm. have an idea, and yep. if it's something that's not easily reverse engineered, uh, mm -hmm. that may be a good path to go for your idea. Talk about trade mm -hmm. secret for a moment, if you would. Y yeah. So, so trade secret is a really interesting one because I view it as, as a hybrid, if you will. Um, 
you know, a lot of uh, so patents uh, and patent law, they don't really like trade secrets because the idea of patents was to share the idea with everyone in mm. exchange for a short term monopoly so that the information wouldn't be lost or held up by some company or organization, you know, if it were to either go under or the founder die. So right. it was a way of progressing everything forward. Right. But also at the same time, you know, giving you that that advantage, the competitive advantage. Whereas a trade secret comes in, it's it's kind of this unique hybrid that, you know, you're not sharing how you make the secret sauce. Uh, but you're sharing, you know, you're creating the, the, the product and you're, you're distributing that and you're creating kind of an ecosystem around it, uh, you know, I, you know, in, in ways which like look at the beverage industry or, you know, other like adhesives industries, mm -hmm. you know, again, a lot of these companies, the reason why they choose this trade secret versus a patent is chemistry and physics and a lot of this other stuff it doesn't change it's yeah. it's consistent throughout throughout time and so you know if you give up a blueprint to how to make something and chemistry doesn't change effectively you're basically you're guaranteed this short-term monopoly but at the end of the day someone else can then take your formulation make it and maybe they are better at making it than you are maybe they are capable of making it cheaper they go to an area where there are less regulations are less laws and yeah. they can produce it far cheaper and then they beat you at your own game yeah. um you know so it's an interesting balancing act like glue you know we chose the trade secret route because you know we synthesize our chemical or you know our chemical compounds and our adhesives you know from raw materials it's expensive to do that but we also know that chemistry doesn't change once, you know, it, it's, it's physics, it's chemistry, it's, it's fundamental laws. And so we didn't want to provide a patent or anything else so that if, you know, we are able to make that empire of sticky, yep. you know, that, that the big guys aren't capable of just taking it and making it and say, Oh, Hey, here, you know, here's the solution. We put our value in all of the, you know, the, the community that we're trying to build and, and the, the products, the high quality things that we're trying to release and in hope, you know, being able to continue that cycle, right? Yeah. Not, not, we're yeah. not trying to, you know, deceitfully lock things up or prevent other people from doing it. It's just, it's a method of trying to say, Hey, I'm trying to create a business, trying to make money because that's what businesses are used for. And sure. as a part of that, we're going to make new things. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's how do you balance the equation? Because the equation has to be balanced in some way. Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, man, uh, we covered a ton of ground today. <laughs> yeah, um, we did. <laughs> you know, we talk about ideas, where they get their value from, how that compares to executing on the idea, what to do with the idea and how to potentially protect the idea once you've gone there, uh, whether mm -hmm. or not uh, you need partnership or, um, you know, how, how do you how do you extract maximum value? You know, mm -hmm. from that, or how do you give yourself the confidence that you need to march forward? Um, it, it's very clear that the ideas are the spark, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, the engine requires fuel to run long term as well. So the spark, here, here we go, metaphors mm -hmm. all over the place, right? It's like you need the spark yep. to get you know ignition and all that stuff, but yep. you got to have a gas tank, you got to have fuel, you got to keep moving, you got to have that potential energy, and you got to mm -hmm. put energy into the system as well in order to mm -hmm. really, really have that value. Sure. So that's yeah. my, that's my position on it. Uh, my conclusion. Uh, <laughs> I think that it's, it's, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting notion trying to, to assign value. Like, and it, it would be a fun exercise. Um, I would love nothing more than to just sit around and think up about ideas and then have people pay me for it. I, I guess <laughs> there are probably companies that are hiring, uh, you know, engineers oh, to sure. do just that. Um, but that takes mm -hmm. experience and time and, and all that. And you still got to do some work and that you got to document oh, yeah. and you got to do, you know, so it's just a question of how much energy you're putting into it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It would, it would be great though. To just sit there and just like, uh, Hey, got, Hey Bill, got an idea. Uh, that'll be uh, $500, please. And so then you just give them, you know, call yep. them up the next day and just <laughs> just bank those ideas, man. I love it. Man. Somebody wants to pay Wrong me for ideas. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you tons <laughs> of, uh, uh, very, very potentially lucrative ideas. Uh, and I'll, I'll sell them to you cheap. I'll sell them to you cheap guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a solid 60 guys another maker yeah. that money in the can the last episode for 2022 i don't know about you andrew but i had a lot of fun this year i i just seeing yeah uh this evolve i'm excited for some of the stuff we're going to be working on 
uh, mm -hmm. next year to kind of uh, grow the reach a little bit more, to try to add some production value to things. Uh, but as always, mm -hmm. tweet at us, uh, emails, uh, all that stuff. You can find us at our respective websites or on Twitter or anything mm -hmm. like that. We love your ideas. If you want to be on, if you have a topic idea that you want to talk about, let us know. We're always looking for yeah. more things to talk about. We're both very passionate about being makers and entrepreneurs at the same time. And as always, my disclaimer, we don't claim to have it all figured out. We're still <laughs> learning as we go. And we could be big frauds and failures ourselves. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, <laughs> must be doing something, right? We're still here after, you know, what, five, six years each and uh, yep. <laughs> uh, four years. Let's see. I, can't, I can never keep it straight with you. You're on your four-year anniversary, we're, right? We're, we're go four years going on five. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. you start to show some longevity and people think, OK, maybe this guy knows what he's doing. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, I wish everyone a fantastic weekend, a fantastic end of their year, a fantastic new year. And we will catch you next Friday for another exciting episode of Maker That Money podcast here with Pooch and Andrew. Until then, guys. So long. Be well. Yeah. Bye bye.